Now we're talking about overcoming and, and, and I'm, I'm about to share a personal journey that um, I've been on and actually probably one of the um, most amazing breakthroughs that I had towards the end of the last year personally. And, um, and uh, I'm going to be sharing about that. So we're talking about overcoming. I'm talking about overcoming disappointment today. But um, I was actually just really encouraged. I want to encourage you. I actually read a scripture this week and it says this. It says, when we go through hard times, God comes alongside us. And before we know it, he brings us alongside someone else is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. And I just want to tell you and, and encourage you this morning, if you've been through hard times or if you are going through hard times, God is there for you. And not only that, there is a grace on your life for somebody else to help somebody else go through that thing. So don't think that that thing and those hard times disqualifies you. It actually qualifies you to help other people and minister other people. I think that's pretty cool. So we're talking about overcoming disappointment. All right. So, so I don't know if you've ever uh, been in the situation where you've just kind of, there's kind of been like a ceiling over your life. Has anyone ever felt that? It's just like, kind of like, ah, oh, um, everything's cool and, and I'm doing, doing my thing. But there's just kind of like a, a ceiling there. And, and, and over the last few years, personally, I've just been feeling that and just feeling, oh, like I said, I'm doing it. It's just, uh. and we had my, Mike Connell, good friend of our church, rock up. And, and, and I just felt God say, hey, go and have a chat with him. Because this is something that you need to get breakthrough in for yourself. So I, I set up a meeting with Mike Connell and, um, and I sat down with him. And if you've ever had a sit down with him, you know he asks really good questions. <laughs> Hello. So anyway, I sat down with Mike Connell and he asked me a few questions about my life and, uh, and uh, went through my journey with him. And he said, hey, Jeremy, you know what? You're carrying disappointment in your world. You're carrying disappointment in your heart and that ceiling that you're feeling is because of that disappointment. That feeling like maybe you're stuck in mud and trying to kind of like uh, move forward, but there's just something there. You don't know what it is. It's because you're carrying disappointment in your heart. Kind of paralyzed. And at that moment, he kind of said that and it was like a penny drop for me. It was like a penny drop. It was like I understood for the first time. And I look back at my life and for the, like, the last 15 years, I've just been carrying this disappointment in my heart. And it was like just sitting down with somebody and that person asking me a few questions, it was like, oh, the penny dropped for me. And so I don't know if you know my story. Some of you do, but some of you don't. So I'm going to share it anyway. When I was born, my dad has been a pastor from before I was born. On my birth certificate, it says, um, father's occupation, pastor. So I'm what is called a PK, a pastor's kid. If we have any PKs in the house here, there might be one or two. Yes, yes, there's a couple, right? So I'm what you call a PK. My little girl on the front row is putting her hand up. Awesome. So I'm a PK. But you know what? From the very beginning, all I ever wanted to do was to be like my dad. I remember as a little seven-year-old, I, I, can, I can see it, and, and 
Me saying the words, I'm going to be a pastor. Like, you know when people say, oh, what do you want to do? I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. My little silica, I want to be a diver. Me, I was like, I want to be a pastor just like my dad. I'm going to be a pastor at my own church, be awesome, save the entire universe. I want to be a pastor like my dad. So, so all the way through my life, my, my, my expectation and my, my plan for my life, I'm going to be a pastor just like my dad. I went to high school. I had a couple of years where I was just kind of like um, going through some stuff um, like spirited people do. Pastor John, as he says, um, destined for great things. I was very spirited when I was at high school and I had to sort some stuff out, find God for myself. But then I came out of school. I went to Bible college and, and I started in ministry. I entered ministry and I was in youth ministry, young adults ministry. But there's something not right in my heart. And I was carrying something in me that, that, that wasn't, I needed some healing. And so I'm doing my thing. I've got my future planned out. I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. But then I was married with a young girl and my marriage broke up. And in that moment, every hope that I'd ever had, every dream I've had since I was a seven-year-old boy saying, I'm going to be just like my dad, was gone in my mind. In my mind, Every hope, every dream I'd ever had was dashed. And since then, for 15 years, I've been carrying this disappointment in my heart. I said to myself, you know what? That's it. I'm never going to ever serve or pastor in church ever, ever again. And then, of course, a good friend of mine, Pastor Simon McIntyre, kind of said, you know what, what are you doing? Um, you're just mucking around. Get along to C3 Kiwana Waters, because I've seen Lisa at the time. He said, you need to be there. Pastor John and Danielle are awesome. They'll look after you. So I came here, and God did a number on me, and here I am. God does that. But even still, I, I, I was there. I, I was, like I said, I was doing my thing, but... I. I felt like there was just that ceiling there. I felt like I was just kind of stuck in the mud. And as I was talking to Mike Connell, and I'm, you said, you're carrying disappointment. And you need healing from that. And I know, as I share this morning, there's, there's people here. And I know in the first, in the first service and, and, and here now, there's going to be people that are carrying disappointment in our hearts. It's not something you necessarily see, but it's something you carry. And I'm praying this morning that God will speak to you and help you and heal you and bring healing into your life. See, disappointment is, is when you're expecting or hoping for something and it either doesn't happen or doesn't happen how we think it should happen, right? It doesn't come about how we... Or also it could be like a general... like like. Something we didn't anticipate or didn't think were going to happen happens to us. We're just going about our life and then all of a sudden, boom, all of a sudden we're in a situation or there's something going on in our world we just didn't anticipate. Disappointment builds up. Disappointment happens in our life. Then I was carrying that, but the problem when we're carrying disappointment, it's like this general feeling that like, oh, I just didn't expect it to turn out like this. If you sum up disappointment, it's that. I just didn't think 
I didn't expect, I didn't mean for my life to turn out this way or that thing to turn out this way. And then, of course, we're carrying it in our heart. And and like the Bible says in Proverbs, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but longing fulfilled is like a tree of life. But we're carrying that disappointment in us. It's like our heart's sick and we need healing from that. See, when we're wounded by disappointment, we cut ourselves off from from hope and positive emotions like that because we don't want to be hurt again. We don't want to be disappointed again. We don't want to put ourselves out there because we don't want to again. But we need hope. We need to live with expectations of bigger things for our life. We're called by God to live a life full of faith and stepping out in Him and trusting and believing Him. A life of bigger things for others, not just for me. Not like like just shrinking back into my world and my disappointment. No, we're called to step out of that and live this big life trusting God. But disappointment robs us of that. Disappointment can rob us of that. It robs us of expectation. It keeps us from seeing clearly. We focus on the woulda, coulda, shouldas, right? When we're carrying disappointment, we're focusing on, oh, well, that shoulda happened, that coulda happened, that woulda happened, but then it becomes, oh, well, that probably won't happen. That probably will never happen. It stomps us from seeing clearly. We get stuck. It's like we're in quicksand. It's like we have that ceiling over our lives. Everything might seem great most of the time. But it's like there's just this thing. And so I'm speaking to Mike Connell. And he said, okay, you know what? The good news is there's healing for you. God wants to bring healing to your life. And he pointed me at a passage of Scripture. He said, the first stop, have a look and read this and meditate on it and study it and get into this passage of Scripture that I'm about to share with us right now and look at how Jesus dealt with disappointment. It's a passage of Scripture you may have heard of. It's called The Road to Emmaus, and it's in Luke chapter 24. But basically, the background to this Scripture is Jesus has died. He had all of these disciples that were looking to him and were hopeful that, that, that he was going to rescue Israel and, and, and do all this stuff. And they're looking, he was their hope. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the chief priests and the religious kind of um, elders of the time took him, crucified him. And in that moment, all their hopes were just dashed. Dashed. And so... As we pick up in this verse, we see two disciples full of hope. Our future is bright. This is going to be amazing. Jesus is incredible. All of a sudden, they leave Jerusalem, two of them, and they're walking and they just left, full of disappointment. And it says here in Luke chapter 24, it says, later that Sunday, Two of Jesus' disciples, they knew him. They walked with him. They were with him as he was ministering. They were with the Son of God. But they were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about 17 miles. 
See, where these guys were at, Emmaus was actually a spa town. It was a place of comfort. They were stepping out in faith, following Jesus. They left everything to follow Jesus. That's what these disciples did. They left everything, left the past behind to follow Jesus. When all their hopes were dashed, it was like, you know what? I'm just going to retreat into this place of comfort. I'm just going to get comfortable. I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to step out in faith. I'm not going to trust for more for my life. You know what? I'm going to make sure that everything is just comfortable as I can make it. As comfortable as me in my own strength can make things. And they're walking to Emmaus. But they're in the midst of a discussion about the events of the last few days that was Jesus getting crucified. When Jesus walked up, that's the risen Jesus. He'd risen from the dead and accompanied them on their journey. But they were unaware it was Jesus walking alongside them, for God prevented them from recognizing him. So Jesus shows up. They didn't know. They're standing there. So what's the first thing Jesus does? He says this. You seem to be in deep discussion about something. What are you talking about so sad and gloomy? Two disciples. (laughs) Jesus rocks up. Hey, why so downcast? You guys look really disappointed. What's going on? They answer. They stopped. And one named Cleopas answered, haven't you heard? Like, what? Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that had happened over the last few days? It was a big deal, Jesus getting crucified. Everyone in town knew about it. But Jesus answered, what things? Uh, The things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth. They replied, he was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders. His words were powerful and he had great favor with God and people. But three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified. Listen to this. We had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. But early this morning, some of the women informed us something amazing. They said they went to the tomb and found it empty. They claimed two angels appeared and told him them that Jesus was now alive. And some of us went to see for ourselves. And yeah, the tomb was found exactly like the woman said, but no one's seen him. See, the first thing Jesus did, he asked them. He asked them, what's the source of your disappointment? What's the source? Where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? He was like, the first thing he did, he got the disciples to bring their disappointment into the light and bring it to him. If you're feeling disappointment, if there's disappointment in your heart, the first thing you can do is actually identify it. Identify the source of your disappointment and bring it to God. See, in that moment, we, we see, we see their heart. They were following Jesus because they believed he was the son of God. Instead, it's like, oh, but he was only a prophet. We thought he was like the great Messiah, but instead, hmm. But Jesus is like, hey, what's the source of your disappointment? Tell me. Bring it to me. Bring it into the light. That's the first thing he does. The second thing, and I love how Jesus talks to people. 
As a pastor, if I spoke to people like this, I'd probably get a tap on the shoulder from Pastor John. But Jesus says, why are you so thick-headed? Why do you find it so hard to believe every word that the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for the Christ, the Messiah, to experience all of these sufferings and then afterwards enter into his glory? Then he carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout the scripture. He started from the very beginning and explained the writings of Moses and all of the prophets, showing them how they wrote of him and revealed the truth. He revealed the truth. He revealed the truth. He gave them a three-hour Bible study about the truth. He gave them a three-hour Bible study about His plan, His purpose, and what God was doing to bring about the salvation of all mankind. See, the thing that Jesus did, He opened the truth up to them. He opened the truth up to them. So the next thing we can do if we're carrying disappointment in our hearts, we, we can identify the source of that and bring it to God. But the next thing we need to do is we need to ask the Father to bring truth to us about His plan and His calling for our life. His plan and His calling for our life. See, God is good. See, God is faithful. God keeps His Word. He is who He says He is, and He's going to do what He says He's going to do. But sometimes we need to realize that God's will for our life, right? God's will and purpose for our life makes more sense looking back on it than how we like to see it looking forward. We have it all planned out. We're going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. But sometimes we just got to realize that God's will, when we look back on our life, we go, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, that happened. But yes, God was with me there. Yes, God was doing this here. God made me do that step here. And it makes more looking back on it. Sometimes we need to realize that the bad stuff we've walked through means there is a grace on us to help others, like I said earlier. The stuff you are going through, the stuff you have been through, it's, it's, there's a grace on you walking through that. You are needed to help others. God uses people. Sometimes we need to realize the scars that we carry, because we all have scars. The scars that we carry, the scars that on us, we think they disqualify us. We think, you know, I could never make an impact. I could never do anything for God. I could never read that, reach that person because of the scars that are on me. We think they disqualify us. But I want to tell you this morning, they qualify you. They qualify you. If you're carrying a few scars, it's mean you've been through some things. It means you've fought a few battles. You've taken a few wounds. You've trusted. You've stepped out. You've believed. Come on. If you don't have any scars on you, it means you've never done that. It means you've lived a safe life. It means you've never stepped out. It means you've never trusted anybody. Never loved anybody. Never taken a risk. But the scars that you are carrying on qualify you this morning. And I want to tell you that. Sometimes we need to ask what God says about us. Sometimes we need to even repeat, uh, repent sorry, for our unbelief. For believing the lies of the enemy rather than the truth that God has and God speaks into our world. 
about His promises, about His call, about the giftings that He's placed on you. You. Jesus opened the truth to them. He opened the truth to them. He asked them, hey, what's the source of your disappointment? Then he told them the truth about him and God's plan. Then we go on. It says, as they approached the village, Jesus walked on ahead telling them, hey, no, no, I'm going on to a distant place. But they urged him to remain there and pleaded, no, no, stay with us because it's going to be dark soon. This was like uh, Jewish hospitality that that, that, that actually kind of bring them into their house. So Jesus went with them to the village. And listen to this, joining them at the table for supper, he or Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it and gave it to them. All at once their eyes were opened and they realized, there's Jesus. In that moment, their eyes were open, they realized it was Jesus and suddenly in a flash, Jesus vanished from their eyes. Stunned, they looked at each other and said, why didn't we recognize it was him? Didn't our hearts burn with the flames of holy passion when he walked beside him? He unveiled for us such profound revelation from the scriptures. They got up in the middle, of, as it was getting dark, it was dinner time, ran all the way back, 17 miles to Jerusalem to tell the rest of the disciples what happened. But I want to tell you the third thing that Jesus said, did. See, in that moment, he was in their place. What happened in the culture of that time, they had bread with every meal, the start of every meal, the head of the house would take the bread, bless it, break it, give it to him, and everyone would eat. It was the job of the head of the house. Jesus walked into their house. They would have seen him doing this before. It's all through the Bible. Feeding the 5,000, Jesus takes the bread, thanks, and blesses it, breaks it, and starts handing out. At the Passover, they would have, as their disciples, they would have seen Jesus doing this. But what Jesus did, he went into their place, into their world, took the bread, broke it, sorry, blessed it, broke it, and handed it out. I imagine clear pass, the dude going, hey man, what, what, what are you doing? This is my house. That's my job. I break the bread around here. No, but no, Jesus reached out, took the bread, broke it. You know what Jesus was doing right in that moment? Jesus was saying, you know what? I know you guys are disappointed. I understand. I've given you the truth for it. But you know what? I'm here and I'm boss. I'm Jesus. I'm still in charge. I'm breaking the bread because you know what? I'm the head of this house. Jesus saying, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still in charge. My plan's still going ahead like I knew it would all along. You know what? I'm with you. You guys aren't with me. You guys need to get on board with me because I'm the boss. I'm breaking the bread. In that moment, they're like, whoa, hang on a second. This is actually Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus was calling them to return to him. To return to Him. To return to His call, His plans, His purpose. He's breaking the bread. He's the boss. So that's the third thing. Sometimes we need to return to Christ. We need to get that revelation. Hey, we're with Him. 
We need to return to Him, return to His plan. We need to return to trusting Him. Return to trusting God and going, hey God, I give you my life. I trust you. And so how did that work for me? Okay, so I've met with Mike. He gave me the scripture and he said, hey, go through that. Study it. Find out what Jesus did. So what I did, I, I, I um, got a day off work. I didn't throw a sickie. I, um, I told my boss, Pastor John, and uh, had the day off work. I fasted and I did these three things. I did these three things. I, I got in my room and um, I, I, I literally went downstairs. I have an office downstairs. It's where I pray and study and all that. I shut the door and I spent the whole entire day in there. I started off and I, and I, and I just prayed for a bit. And then I just wrote down my disappointment. I wrote down the things I was disappointed about. Just wrote it all down as pages and pages of it. Just poured out my heart. Just wrote down the things. Oh, I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't. Just wrote it all out. I identified the source of, of my disappointment. I, I, I came and I brought it to God. The second thing I did is I just, I had a nap. And then the third thing I did is what it is. <laughs> the third thing I did, I just started to pray and ask God, hey God, just speak to me your truth. Just speak to me your truth. And then in that, like just a whole bunch of um, scriptures that God has given me over the years just started coming back. I, I all of a sudden listened to a few different prophecies that I've had through the years that, that, and, and, and just listened to them. And then like just some scriptures like Isaiah, do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. And just scripture after scripture and promise after promise that, that God had given to me just started, truth just started seeping into my heart again. The truth, the truth. And then the third thing, I just kept praying and, and, and I spent about three hours just praying. And I just made just a decision just to return to God and return to His plan and His calling. And, and just made a decision just to trust Him. Just to trust Him. And in that time, I, like I said, it was just about three hours. It was the most powerful, probably three hours of my whole entire life. Just praying and just like, I'm, I'm not a weeper. I don't weep. In fact, I get comfortable, uncomfortable when other men weep. But in this thing, there's so much just weeping. Just so much just God just touching me. And just filling me and just asking God, hey God, just fill, you, fill me with your love. Fill me with your love. Let, Fill me with faith. Increase my faith, Lord God. Help me to step out. Help me to trust you. And just that three hours was so powerful, so amazing, just the breakthrough. And, and, and out of that, renewed expectation came. Renewed expectation. Renewed expectation. And I want to say to you this morning, if you're, if you're carrying disappointment in with you, I want to speak renewed expectation into your world, into your life. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, um, why don't we all just stand up and I'll get the band to come up.
I've deliberately left some time to allow us just to push into God right now because I know there are people in the congregation this morning that are like, yeah, that's me. That's me. And I just want to leave some time just to allow God just to move. And I probably want to just finish on on one point. And it's this thought. See, sometimes... We're in this space. When we're in this space and we're carrying disappointment, sometimes we can be like the disciples and be like, hey, where where are you, God? Where is Jesus in this? We can't see God. We We can't see Jesus. And we fail to realize that, you know what? He's actually been there all along. His purposes for your life His plans for your life, they were never thwarted. Sometimes it just makes more sense looking back on it. But he never left and he was always there. Why don't we all close our eyes in the place this morning? Open our hearts. Make a decision just to open our hearts. And if that's you and you're like there and this message might be speaking to you, it may be something that, that an unfulfilled expectation in your world, but it may also be something that's just happened to you that you weren't expecting and you're just carrying this disappointment. If that's you, just lift your hands to God. Lift your hands to God. Yeah, stacks of people all around. Every eye closed. You might be there wondering, hey, what's this lifting of hands? Basically what it is, it's just an act of surrender to God. It's like the opposite of of closing our hands. It's like we're lifting our hands up and wanting to receive. Because what I want to pray for right now is just God's love, His peace, His grace would just pour out into your heart. Holy Spirit, come now. We pray. Fill every person carrying the disappointment, Lord God. God, we give it to you. Thank you, God. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, let us know that you're with us. Holy Spirit, pour out the love of the Father into our hearts. Fill us utterly. Let us know, Lord God. Let us see hope. Father, renew our expectation, Lord God, of a a future, Lord God. It is bright, Lord God. God, we return to you this morning. We return to your call and your plan, Lord God, for our lives. Fill us. Fill us, Lord God. We lay aside all disappointment. 
Lord God, I break every attack of the enemy over these people, Lord, right now. We come against every lie that the the devil has spoken over their lives. God, and we speak truth. Thank you, King. Thank you, King. Thank you, King. Hey, it's such an amazing presence of God. Hey, if you're there and your hands are up, and your hands are raised and you're, you're identifying that and going, yeah, I'm carrying this, there's a few things you can do. First of all, if you'd love prayer, our team would love to pray for you after the service. We'd love to do that. Hey, we spoke about groups. It, it, it kind of, not a shock to me, right, that the moment that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples was around a table, breaking bread, spending time together in a group. If that's you, after service, pop out there, find a group where you can find your guys, your people that are going to walk through life's journey with you. Your people that you can share with. It might be starting off doing a freedom group. But find a group. Find your people. Get amongst it. Don't be like a loner here in, in, in comfort. You know, they talk going to Emmaus in the comfortable place to step out. Allow people into your world. Join a group. The The other thing you might want to do is do what I did. Maybe you need to listen to this message again. It's going to be up on podcast. You listen to this message again. Maybe you need to go through a journey like I did and put some time aside going through these three things and doing these three things. Thank you, God. Amen. Hey, maybe that you can open your eyes. Maybe that was you. Maybe you're like not ready at this moment. Hey, there's a few things you can do as well. You can do an alpha course. You can maybe just keep showing up. Just keep showing up to church and walk that journey and do that thing. Hey, but thank you so much. I hope this helps some people this morning. And uh, I'll, I'll get Josh to come up.